Hello, hello, and welcome to School Leader Soundbites. I'm your host, Veronica V. Sofer, and I have the pleasure of coming to you every week and talking about all the things I love about K-12 education, community engagement, advertising, marketing, branding, all of those things that really help us put together our strategies to make our schools stronger. So if you are a storyteller or you are looking to improve your storytelling skills, you have landed in the right spot here at School Leader Soundbites. Before we get started on today's episode, which we're going to be talking about nurturing community partnerships, really learning how to build them, I want to make sure we take care of some housekeeping by reminding you to hit subscribe. We don't want you to miss any episodes of School Leader Soundbite, so just hit subscribe, and you can find us on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And if you are watching on Facebook or YouTube, drop me some comments, or if you have any questions or have any other nuggets to share with our community, be sure to post them there. So we're going to go ahead and get this episode started talking about building and nurturing community partnerships. I I love this conversation because it really supports what we're doing with our overall visibility strategy when we talk about improving the narrative for public education. So let's think a little bit about what that looks like. We all know that schools operate differently than they did in the past, and we need our community now more than ever. So what used to be connecting with our local PTAs or PTOs has really morphed into a whole new segment. In fact, there are many school districts across the country that have dedicated staff just to community engagement. I know in a couple of the districts that I've worked in, that was a full-time function for at least two or three different people. And so we want to bring value to this, but make sure that we're doing it strategically so that it's supporting all of our visibility strategy. So let's take a little bit, a diver deep into some of the data. Um, I'm going to put in the show notes a study that I think might be interesting to you. It's the Expanded Learning and After School Project. And in this study, they talk about how important community engagement is to supporting the overall success of a district and directly correlating it to student achievement. So basically, if you have an engaged community that is supporting what's happening at uh, at the school level and at the district level, you're going to see that actually improve your test scores across the board. So take a look at it and um, find out how it is that your district is utilizing some of the tools that you have, some of the programs that you have, and some of the initiatives to drive support back into your district, because that's ultimately what it's all about. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what I have done and some of the districts I have been in, share some success stories, and then really focus on how to build strong community engagement. So we're going to talk about knowing your community. We're going to talk about collaborating with local organizations and finding out what is a mutually beneficial way to operate together. Maybe you've got some agreements, formal or not formal, and then clear communication. So those are the four things I want to touch on before I share a little bit of insight into what I've done. And thinking about knowing your community, if you are new to your school district or to your community, it's important that you are out and about, that you're on a listening tour, regardless of what your role is, uh, whether you're a new superintendent, an aspiring superintendent, a new principal, or even the new director of communications. Make sure you're visiting all those campuses, that you are connecting with the right people, and that you're getting a sense of what your community values. Because what plays well in one community may not play well in another, and each community has their own values. So spend some time identifying who those influencers are, identifying what their values are, and seeing if there's any overlap or synergy that can connect to the work that you're doing in your school district. 
Now, if you have a strategic plan or you've got some guiding documents that outline what that's supposed to look like, make sure you have those handy so that you can actually know what, uh, what might be working for you already. And then thinking about collaborating with local organizations that are already existing in your system and outside your system, just make introductions, call and introduce yourself, tell them you're new to the district or you're new to the role. Maybe you've been in the district for a long time, but you're new to the role and you want to learn more about what they're doing. Maybe that's the Kiwanis Club or maybe it's the Lions Club. There are lots of organizations out there that meet regularly, both in person and virtually, that might be a good fit for you. Don't overlook those homeowners associations. Those are really important, especially as we think about uh, families who no longer have students in our system. We want to make sure that those taxpayers still know what's happening in our district and that they get a sense of pride and an opportunity to celebrate the good things that are happening. We want to make sure they're well informed. So we just don't want to feed them the good news. We want to also feed them some of the technical news, maybe about our taxing rates or um, changes that are happening in, with our leadership or any of those kinds of things. We want to make sure people are informed because when they're informed, then they feel more confident uh, when we do go and ask them for support. So making sure you're identifying those local organizations. And then when you think about those more, more formal uh organizations that you're working with, maybe the Chambers of Commerce or some local companies that are sponsoring you in a, in a formal sense, identify what their needs are. Oftentimes we are hitting um, companies up for uh, sponsorships. We want them to advertise on our, uh, on our stadium signage, wherever it is that we've got an opportunity to connect them. We're always looking for ways to make sure that we're supporting them as well. So identifying when you are meeting with a potential business partner, what their needs are. And sometimes that's just simply asking them, don't make assumptions. I was once in a community where there was a second hospital system that was entering into the market. And it really changed the way we engaged with the hospital system that had been there and then the new hospital system. And so we had to find a mutually beneficial way to partner with both of those organizations um, make sure that we weren't stepping on any toes or we were being very mindful of the type of engagement we had with them. So have those meetings and really just sit down and ask what works for you and how can the how can the school district support you? And sometimes it's just as simple as opening up a few doors for some collaborative meetings. And so even if that's not in your role, um, connecting those people is going to be really important. And then, of course, clear communication. That's an obvious one. We want to be succinct, precise. We want to keep our community informed. We want to make sure that everyone knows how to get the information from the district. So if they're not on our email list or they are not in our system, our student data system, how are we connecting with them? Because some of our residents and taxpayers aren't on social media. Maybe they read the newspaper from cover to cover every single day. So knowing where our target audience is, is really important. That way we can craft some of those messages and make sure that we're hitting them from a lot of different vehicles. So once you've established those partnerships, what do you do with them? How do you nurture them? How do you maintain them over time? Consistency is key. Regular check-ins and reaching out to them, stopping by and saying hello sometime, inviting them in whenever there's an opportunity. I always love when we have musical performances inviting our business partners and even some of our local elected officials to come in and just learn about what's happening. Don't just limit it to those groups though. Dive a little bit deeper and see if there's any other community groups, especially for our seniors over 55. I was in a district once where we also partnered with some of our local uh, senior housing 
um, facilities and they had a van that they were able to shuttle some of their residents over to and they had an opportunity to see some live theater and it was really a great way to connect with them and we would um, actually encourage them to come as often as can and they soon became regular docents of our fine arts programs so that's just another way to to keep to keep the uh, conversation flowing making sure they have all the information and then of course, celebrating successes. Well, that's just an easy one to do. It's so exciting when our students are successful or when our teachers receive accolades and recognition. Keep those good news stories flowing, both in the newspaper, on social media, through your regular channels. And when you know that your target audience of business partners isn't tapping into that, send them some very personalized email sequences. Just like when you get those emails from a company that you have purchased from before, they send you those regular emails, build your email list. Go ahead and use that strategy with your community so that you know that they are um, getting your information and then you can track what they're doing with it. Are they clicking it? Are they opening it? Are they reading it? What's your call to action? Are there some measurements that you can actually tie into your evaluation system? Those are some of the things that you might wanna think about. But celebrating successes is a great way to keep that energy flowing. And then of course, adapt and evolve. And that's always important for us. We have to be really flexible with our partnerships during the pandemic. Many of us had contractual obligations with our business partners, but we weren't able to fulfill them because we weren't in school or we had very limited seating at some of our events. So make sure that you go above and beyond for those partners who are really invested in your community. When you do that, the payoff will be great and they're more likely to sign on with you again. So that's really important. Before we go on um, sharing some personalized stories, let's just take a moment to thank our show sponsor, K-12 Insight. This is a phenomenal company who truly believes in engagement. I've worked with them off and on for more than uh, almost 17 years now in different districts that I have been in. And I can tell you that their products are phenomenal. They are committed to providing powerful solutions that will keep that engagement going. So whether it's Let's Talk, which is their two-way communication solution, or their survey um, products, I highly recommend you reach out to them. I was a user in three different districts that I was in, and I know that they work with school districts all over the country to improve community engagement, to improve the storytelling, and to really make sure that our stakeholders feel valued by the district. We wanna make sure they feel heard. So check them out, k12insight.com backslash S-O-P-H-E-R, just to let them know that you heard about them here. So before we move on, I want to just preface this by saying what works in one community may not work in every community, but there's a couple of projects that I launched with my talented team that were very successful. And one of my school districts literacy was identified as one of the key areas of improvement for us. So we actually partnered with some of our faith-based partners who put together a structure that was very easy to follow, including trainings and resources where they brought volunteers from the various churches in the community to commit to adopting essentially one particular school and having weekly visits with students consistently. So what that looked like was one particular church or two or three, and we even had our local synagogue and mosque participate with this as well, they would bring in on a designated day a series of volunteers who worked with students who had been identified as needing some additional support in reading, and they just read books with them. Because we know when students are exposed to literacy, it improves their vocabulary, it improves their confidence, and it really improves some of those social skills. 
And so our literacy partners ended up going on uh, to from a pilot program to growing to multiple campuses throughout the district and even within that same community in different districts. It became an award-winning program that was even brought to other cities. So if you have an opportunity to tap into a pool of volunteers like local churches, literacy is a really great way to bring them in. And the really important thing about this project was we continue to use this group whenever we had other issues in the in the district. So whether it was rezoning or bond conversations or growth, we made sure to keep these volunteers in the loop because they'd really become a part of our school community. They were at our schools once a week for 30 to 40 minutes. And oftentimes they worked with more than one student and they would make that time commitment. And so we felt like it was very important that we were providing them consistent information about what was happening in the district, even if they didn't have students in our district. So that's one really great program that we used. Another fantastic way to bring folks in is making sure that your senior citizens have access to what's happening in your school system. So in every district I've been in, we've also had a senior program where our local senior citizens came up and they got an, a card every year, a gold card. It's been called different things in different places, but essentially it gives them free access to our athletic events and our fine arts events, which is really great because it keeps them in the district. It keeps them excited about the community and it allows us to communicate with them regularly when they provide us their contact information. And oftentimes it was a once or twice a year mailing of good news that was happening in the district and we just drop it in the mail and it gets sent right to their house. We always got great feedback. And we had a drive at the beginning of every school year. So in August, while we were doing registration with students, we were also reminding families that if I had senior citizens in their home or in the community to encourage them to also register for a gold card. So if that's not something that you're doing, take a look at it. I think you'll find some great value in that. So those are some of the ways that uh, we have engaged with our community. I would love if anyone has any additional examples to put them in the comments and share, maybe even put a link so that we can learn and grow from each other. So as we wrap up today's episodes uh, or today's episode and you found value in it, I want to ask you to please share this podcast with any of your fellow peers in the K-12 industry. We are looking to really grow our reach here at School Leader Soundbites. And with your help, I know we can do it. So I will be signing off and reminding you to check out the show notes, drop some comments, and make sure you hit subscribe if you're listening on the podcast. And with that, I'm going to leave you reminding you to go out there and build those community partnerships. <laughs>